You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, the stove is warming up out in San Diego. Welcome into the Red Sox Stove League. We are live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF, along with Tom Brenneman. I'm Tommy Thraw. Great to be with you, and uh, we just wrapped up Reds Fest. Of course, the Mike Moustakis signing last week. A lot to get to there, Tom, but uh, boy... Nothing like having boots on the ground out where all the action is out in San Diego like our man Mark Sheldon. And Mark Sheldon, I understand you're joining us now. Is he already he is. on the line? Mark, how he are is. you out there? Is it in sunny San Diego? Excuse me. Yes, it is sunny. It's really nice out here, although I don't get to leave the hotel much. And I hope you guys are doing well and the beer is flowing at the Holy Grail. Well, that it is. When the show's presented by Budweiser and UDF, you can mark it down. The Budweiser is flowing. So so tell us, Mark, I mean, uh, Tommy and I were just talking moments ago before we went on the air. Uh, looks like an announcement is coming up. The Toronto Blue Jays have signed the former Red starting pitcher Tanner Roark to a two-year deal. There was a lot to talk about with Rob Manfred today in terms of the investigation with the Houston Astros. But what's the latest on the Cincinnati Reds? It's been a little quiet. They've been busy uh, doing the meetings, and they've been involved on some things. Uh, they missed out on Didi Gregorius yesterday. That was someone they were after, um, and it didn't work out. And uh, But otherwise, it's been, at least you know, as far as the transaction wire is concerned, it's been pretty quiet. They need to uh, continue to work on getting offense. They want to see if they can add a starting pitcher, and, of course, the bullpen needs to be worked on as well. So, they're going to have their hands full, as I remind people every year, if they don't make any deals in the winter meetings, it does not mean winter is over and this is the team they're going to bring to spring training. There's still plenty of time to make moves, and more often than not, a big move often happens on the heels of the winter meetings, much like the big trade with the Dodgers last winter. Mark Sheldon from MLB.com is joining us on the Reds Hot Stove League from the winter meetings out in San Diego. Mark, you talked about the upgrades the Reds are looking at. We keep hearing Marcel Ozuna's name floated around. Uh, Is there any traction there, or are there any other names that uh, the Reds are tied to right now uh, as far as interest goes? I mean, they're connected to all those names, whether it's Ozuna, Castellanos, um, Corey Dickerson, uh, the, the Japanese outfielder, uh, Shogo Akiyama, apparently is here in the hotel and he's meeting with clubs. Uh, Dick Williams would not confirm or deny if he was going to be one of the clubs that uh, met with them. Um, but he would definitely fit their, their needs. So Ozuna is an interesting case just because he's underperformed for the Cardinals the last two years, but the sabermetric stuff says that he's got great you know contact, he makes barrels, and... and uh, and strong exit velocity, but why isn't it working out? So that's that's one of the questions I'll have to ask, and, and I think that's the market so far that hasn't really moved a lot. You've seen a lot of starting pitchers move. Um, you might see Anthony Rendon go soon. He's a third baseman, so I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they get to the outfielders and maybe there'll be some movement. Mark, uh, we, we were talking, Tommy and I, off the air again right before we came on, and, you know, we, we don't know any more than anybody else knows. Uh, and, and I'm just curious, do you think when all is said and done, let's start just with offense, and primarily it's been talked about with the Reds in the outfield because they're not sure about Winker. Everybody says he's going to be healthy. Aquino was unbelievable for a month, month and a half, really tailed off, Senzel coming back from injury. So you think the outfield may be one of those spots. Do you think that happens in free agency, or do you think that happens in a trade? 
That's a great question. I, I think it, it all depends on what they would have to give up to make that trade. It can't be just an apples-to-apples comparison because some players certainly would be worth more. Um, but in some sense, though, with the, with the free agent moves, you are parting with money, but you don't have to give up any of the prospects. So I, I, I think right. it would depend on the player. I think the, the only one that's got a little bit of a red flag would be Ozuna because he's tied to draft pick compensation, unlike the others. So um, I would still think the free agent route might be the way they go now. However, I don't rule out any trades either. The, you know, Dick and Nick are always uh, making moves and making deals, and Nick is a pretty aggressive guy as far as uh, negotiating and, and things like that. So I, it could happen, but I still think free agency is going to probably be where, where they go first. You're talking about uh, free agents versus trades now. Dick Williams made the comment before he went out to San Diego that he thought it might be a little bit slow on the trade front. Um, we, we've heard a couple of trades get rumored, but for the most part, all we're seeing are, are the big free agents. Do you see any of the moves that have already been made, any of those big free agent signings that have already been made affecting any of the deals that the Reds might have interest in? Obviously, Gregorius, given that the Reds were in on him, but, but as far as the numbers go, maybe raising the price of, of some of the guys that they were interested in, maybe perhaps pricing some guys out? I don't think so. I, that, that was asked actually yesterday before the Garrett Cole signing, and those deals are kind of in their own stratosphere. The, the Reds were not swimming in that pool for any of those guys. Uh, they were very specific players, and I don't think it was one of those deals where the whole market is waiting for Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg to, to sign their contracts. It's, it's kind of separate in a way from the, what's going on with the rest of the team. So uh, he said that the, today they had a lot of teams uh, – in conversations today, they were they were definitely talking more about trades today than they were earlier meetings, and they've been still talking to agents. But uh, there's been more chatting, I guess, between the Reds and other clubs. But obviously, I don't know if anything's you know going to happen. It's uh, they said there's nothing close. Let's put it that way. Mark, I'm just kind of curious from a from a perspective standpoint. Um, could you share with us the difference between covering the Reds at this particular winter meetings compared to the last three or four or five or six or seven years and the perception of the Reds when they show up at a place like this? Are they all of a sudden looked at far more now as more of a, a player and a mover and a shaker than, they, than they've ever been in the time you've been covering the team? That's a great question, and the answer is yes. Uh, I've had more people... Uh, from the media, but also a few baseball people uh, uh, telling me, wow, the Reds are really doing a lot of stuff, and not just the moves they've made, but the moves they're trying to make. And everyone's really excited about the, the front four of their rotation and the fact that they were going after Zach Wheeler and, and were willing to pony up some big money for him. They, were, that, that, that they are generating a lot of buzz down here, and people are watching what they're doing. I've heard a couple of people say that there may be the team to watch in the NL Central, which is stunning after – six straight losing seasons and with the teams that are in this division, whether it's the, the Cardinals or the Cubs or the Brewers. So, yeah, I, I think that's interesting, though. That a lot of people do find the Reds to be a, a moving, you know, making things happen. And agents saw the Moustakas signing, and they know the Reds are serious. They're not just making perfunctory phone calls to check in. They're actually looking to make deals. Well, we talked earlier about the needing to add to the offense. 
possibly a corner outfielder, missing out on Gregorius. We haven't talked much about the pitching so far. You've seen the Reds rumored to be interested in Madison Bumgarner. Uh, there was a lot of chatter, it seemed like, last year with the Reds being tied to Dallas Keuchel. He's available again. Uh, is there is there any really feeling on your end that the, the Reds, first of all, how serious are they with Madison Bumgarner? And then would Dallas Keuchel be an option this go-around? I haven't heard Keuchel tied to the Reds as of yet this year. Uh, it's possible, but there was also that report that Bumgarner was looking for a $100 million-plus deal, and I don't know if he would be considered in the same stratosphere as what they thought about Wheeler. I think they were very uh, into Wheeler, a lot of it for, for analytical reasons, but uh, I don't know if Bumgarner would end up going there. I, I just... I think the competition, maybe that's one area where the, the big signings will affect other teams. The teams that lost out on, on those guys might look to a guy like Baumgartner, Ryu, or uh, Keuchel to, to shore up their pitching. I don't think the Reds have to make a move. I was a little skeptical on the Wheeler stuff anyway. I, I like their rotation. Uh, they definitely need a fifth starter of some sort. But I, I don't know if I would have ponied up $100 million to, to add another pitcher. <laughs> that would have been a lot. Mark, thanks so much. Enjoy the sunshine out there in San Diego. If I ever get out of this hotel, I certainly will. Right. That's right. That's hey, right. you got to do that. There's some good eats down around where you're at. So get out, explore yes, the area. Thanks so much for coming on with us. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thank you. Mark Sheldon, Reds beat writer for MLB.com, joining us. We've got a lot more to get to. The Holy Grail Banks and Budweiser are proud to sponsor the Reds Hot Stove League. Grab your buds for our next show on Wednesday, December 18th, with specials on Bud and Bud Light Buckets at the Holy Grail Bank, Cincinnati's home for sports. We've got a lot more to get to. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, and we're back live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF after a moment. We are live at the Holy Grail Banks, the Reds Hot Stove League show, presented by Budweiser and UDF. What a crowd we've got here. Great crowd. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Thanks to all of you for uh, coming out tonight. We'll be back here again through the rest of the quote-unquote hot league season, uh, hot stove league season, until we get to Arizona in uh, spring training. We'll still be doing shows by and large here. A few of them will still be out there. Uh, but we announced to the crowd in-house, and just for those of you at home, every single Wednesday up until opening day, we're going to be giving away the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum two tickets to the Hall of Fame Gala, which this year will be on April the 26th, and the only inductee this year will be Reds Hall of Fame broadcaster Marty Brenneman and uh, so we're giving away two tickets to that every single week from now until opening day and you know one thing I just like to say and, and when it comes to Reds Fest and, and I know we talked about this before and said this before but I would really like to give just an incredible tip of the cap to the Reds employees because basically the decks are cleared they have their regular jobs in whatever department it is they're in, and then all of a sudden we get close to Reds Fest, and they are literally living down there morning, noon, and night. In fact, still getting everything cleaned up the last couple of days since it was over. And the hours they put in and the job they do, not only for those of us who are you know going here and doing this or doing that, but for the fans uh, and, and their enjoyment of that event. I've said it a 1,000 times before, and I'll say it another 100,000 before I die. If the baseball side of this organization was as great as the business side of this organization, we play in the World Series every single year. And I don't say that in a mean way towards the baseball side. I really don't mean it that way at all. 
it's more of a reflection of how incredible the business side of this organization is and the people who work in this organization. They are on top of their game. No question. They did a great job. Reds, it was my first Reds Fest. Yeah, it was great. Weekend. Incredible. It's event. incredible. It really is it, an incredible event. I, I, the passion for baseball in this town, there are other cities that, that claim that they are great baseball cities. It blows me away. Um, I've been here... I've been here on trips into town before I moved here. Now I've lived here for about a year. But the passion for baseball in this town, the hunger yep. for it, the, the thirst for it, even in the offseason. I mean, look at this. It's, it's what, 20 degrees yep. outside? Yep. We're talking Reds baseball yep. inside the bar, across the street from the ballpark here at the Holy Grail, and this place is packed. That's a reflection of how much this town loves baseball. And, and, and I, I love it. And love I, it. I, I, there's no question. And I shared with... Uh, Bob Castellini, before I introduced him the other night up on the podium to, ki to kick off Reds Fest, I just said, you know, between this event and going on the Reds caravan, that should be mandatory for every single player in this organization because you really find out that while there are more important things in this world and more important things in life than baseball, and there are a lot of things more important than baseball, but for a lot of families in and around Reds country, it's a big part of their summer and their right. daily life, and they really enjoy it, and it's really important to them, and I think the players could feed off some of that sometime because going out on that caravan in a couple of weeks, it gets long. But, man, the passion of the people, they love it, and we love them. I don't know if you got a chance to talk to Mike Lustakas much, no. but that was something that he – just a couple brief conversations I had. It really stood out to him. Being at Reds Fest, he goes, now I really get to see firsthand what everybody's talking about yep. and, and how much this city loves the team. I mean, it showed up, Reds Fest. Over 17,000 people, uh, great crowd, great event. I uh, had a blast out there. Now, you did an interview with him. We're going to run that tonight, is that right? Yeah, we've got that interview coming up a little bit later okay. on. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. I, uh, he signed. It was all made official last week. Uh, had a chance to catch up with him, pull him aside for a few minutes. So you'll hear that conversation coming up a little bit later on. It gives us a chance now to talk about that. I mean, th this, you know, talking with Dick Williams, Nick Crawl about how he fit into this organization, obviously the numbers speak for themselves. Yep. To me, what stands out a lot about this signing is, is the intangibles. I think, and I've said it before, I, I, I brought it up and, and mentioned it a little bit in passing last week, but when you convert a team from being competitive the one-run games reflects that obviously the record wasn't great last year, but when you're involved in that many one-run games, you're still competitive. Yep. The team was competitive last no year. No doubt about it. But you've got to go from being competitive to contending, and you have to have a guy that can really instill that culture in a clubhouse. And Mike Moustakis, pretty much all he knows how to do is win. When you have a conversation with him, that's what it keeps coming back to is winning. That, besides the numbers, that's a big thing with Mike Moustakis, and that's – that should be the biggest thing I think that fans are excited about about this guy. Well, you know, you and I are around the team on a daily basis. And, and look, it's not picking on anybody because people are just made up. Their personalities are different in who they are and the way they lead. And guys can be leaders because they play every day and all that kind of thing. But this team has really missed having, in my opinion, a real leader walking around down right. there and a guy who's all about winning and forgetting about the individual stuff and all. And I'm not saying they're a team full of individuals, but there's nobody that's really brought them all together. I didn't think since Todd Frazier left here, there was just something about him 
that even though some guys didn't want to follow him, that, that, that he just brought fire and a passion and a toughness to this team, which I don't think toughness has ever defined the Reds in the last number of years. They've had good players, but they've never had a toughness about them. And I think Mustakas brings that toughness to this team. Because you look around on the guys that are going to be in the field. There is not a single player they have until Mustakas who's ever won anything. Right. I mean, really ever won anything. And I'm talking about a playoff series. The Reds don't have a player on the team until they just brought in Mustakas, who's actually played in a postseason series and won the series. So all of a sudden now you start bringing a guy like him. Bauer comes in. He's pitched in the playoffs, won postseasons. You know, hopefully that's the kind of guy they're bringing in here now to do that here. It, it completely changes the culture. It changes the dynamic of a team. Mustakas hasn't just won postseason series. Played in two World Series. That's won right. One. That's I mean, right. The guy's been to the playoffs. What is it? Four out of the last six years. Yep. There's a reason for that. That's right. I mean, there's there's more to it. Uh, you look at the numbers. I, I I know there was some talk that you know his on base numbers aren't great. Well, the on base numbers at second base for the Reds last year were not good. No. His numbers are an upgrade. You have to look at it on a position by position basis. How big of an upgrade is he at second base specifically? A monumental yep. upgrade. You can look at the numbers side by side. The production that he puts up with the production the Reds got from that position last year, it's night and day. And, and, and you know, the other thing, Tommy, I don't mean to interrupt. It, it just goes to show you, though, how much the game has changed. Because yep. when you're bringing in Mike Moustakas to play second base, okay, he's not known as a defensive player. Metrics now, they feel like they can play him at that position and position him well enough to make plays. My, how the game has changed in that regard. It, it's changed a lot. I think it helps out a guy like that. Sure I mean, does. The, the defense is not going to be an obstacle for him. He's going to be a great addition. I think he'll play a really good second base. He's too good of a competitor not to. A lot more to get to. This is the Reds Hot Stove League Show, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. This is the Reds Hot Stove League from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. With Tom Brenneman, I am Tommy Throff. You've got a question for us, even if you're here with us yeah. at the Grail. Come on up. Let us know. Come see Yid over here. Let him know you've got a question for us. We'll let you ask the question live on the air. If you're listening today where you're driving around, maybe you're at home, give us a call. You can ask a question as well, phoning in to 749-7000 or 1-800-THE-BIG-1, 1-800-843-2441. Give us a call. Um, looking for the uh, perfect gift for your young Reds fans, check out the Reds Heads Kids Club. For only 30 bucks, your child can become a Reds Heads member and get an exclusive backpack jersey, A. Eugenio Suarez bobblehead, free tickets, uh, attend members-only experiences, and so much more. Purchase today at reds.com slash kidsclub. Uh, Monday, December 16th is the last day to order online and guarantee Christmas delivery. So get on the ball there. I told you I had a chance to catch up with Mike Moustakis uh, at his press conference that he had last Thursday after he officially signed with the Reds. And we've got that for you queued up, ready to go. Here's my conversation with the newest Red, Mike Moustakis. Mike, uh, what was it when, when you were looking, and I'm sure going over offers and opportunities, what was it that really stood out to you about the Reds? Yeah, just being able to uh, to be in this uh, in this great ballpark with this lineup, uh, and the chance to win is huge for me. I uh, I'm very excited to uh, you know join this lineup and and contribute to a to a winning team and a, and a winning franchise. So it's uh, it's exciting times, and uh, I, I can't wait to get out there and play. 
you've kind of been through it before where a team struggled and then uh, found their way to get over the hump and, and, and get into the postseason and eventually win a World Series when you're in Kansas City. Do, do you feel that there's some similarities between the situations where you started there and, and where they're at here? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, when I was in Kansas City, you can definitely tell the uh, the love for the team, and it's very similar here, the, the love and, uh, you know, the passion that these fans have. And, I, uh, again, I just can't get, wait to get out there and, uh, you know, uh, you know, start playing some baseball and, you know, hopefully, you know, make it the postseason and, and bring a championship back to Cincinnati. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of hard work. Uh, but I think we are uh, we're a roster that is, is really deep pitching-wise and offensive-wise. So uh, I think we got a really good chance at, uh, you know, making a run at it this year and having a good time doing it. You're no stranger to the postseason. Four times in the last six seasons you, you've been in the playoffs. What is that? I mean, I feel like there's, there's got to be more to it than just luck. So, yeah. so what, what, what goes into an intangible like that? Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's hard to explain uh, going out there 162 times and, and trying to win uh, and make it to the postseason. Um, you know, last year when we were at the end of the year, uh, a lot of people would ask me, what it, uh, what are these last games most important? Like, why are these more important? I, and I kept telling everybody, game number two, four, seven, uh, all these games are just as important as these ones coming up. So I think keeping your mindset on winning each night and competing each night, I think, is uh, uh, the main focus for winning and getting to the postseason. I think, uh, you know, that was instilled with me when I was in Kansas City and the guys that I met playing there. This team, you, you had a chance to get pretty familiar with them playing them as many times as you do when you're with Milwaukee and, and division rivals. So what are you excited about with this group of guys and this team? Everything, man. I'm uh, I'm very excited to go out there and, you know, see that opening day lineup and see, uh, you know, where Joey's hitting, where Suarez is hitting, where I'm at, and see the length and, and the the fun that we're going to have, man. On, on the other side, watching these guys play and how much fun they had, um, that's something I wanted to be a part of. That's something I remember doing in Kansas City. And uh, it's just a, a great team, a great organization. And I can't, again, can't wait to get out there with these boys. You talk about the fun. Guys talk throughout the course of a season. I'm sure you've, you've got some guys that you've had a chance to get to know from this organization a little bit. But is that something that stands out when, when you're thinking about, hey, where, where could I land next? The, just the clubhouse culture overall? Oh, absolutely. Um, when, when you spend as much time as you do with uh, your teammates, you want to have fun. You want to be comfortable with where you're at. And uh, looking at these guys and seeing them uh, on the other side, it looked like these guys had a great time. And that's something I was very, uh, very fortunate enough to be able to have an opportunity to come over here and play, and I want to jump on that opportunity as soon as I got it. All right, Mike, appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right, that was Mike Moustakis, and a big thanks to him for taking some time. That was a busy night for him, so uh, certainly appreciate him doing that. Again, everything, it, it, it all comes back to winning with yep, him. Great yep. to hear that well, from him. You know, I mean, he didn't say one thing about, you know, uh, boy, I hit 35 home runs last year for Milwaukee, and now in a new ballpark, uh, a homer-friendly ballpark, I'm going to do this. I'm, very few eyes in, in that conversation. Yeah, none. Yeah. And you can tell. He's learned a lot. He's learned a lot about what it takes to win. Uh, that's going to be it's going to be fun. You're, you're really going to enjoy watching Mike Moustakis play all year. We've got a question uh, with us here nice. at the Holy Grail Banks. What's your name, sir? Colin. Colin, uh, what's your question? So I was just wondering, um, do you guys think that the bullpen will be addressed? And if so, who would be the main targets? Well, that's a good question. I, I think it will. I it, appreciate the question. I, I don't know necessarily names. Yeah. Uh, one guy I really wanted to see the Reds go after was Drew Pomerantz. He went off the board pretty early. The thing I liked about him 
is he, he served two purposes. One, he gives you some rotation depth and also helps out your bullpen with what he did in Milwaukee last year. Uh, they're, they're going to make some moves to help the bullpen. I, I couldn't tell you exactly who I think they're going to get af- go after. We'll but. talk about that on the other side of the break. I Let's think we have a break coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Do we not, Mr. Armbruster? We do. Okay. We do. All, All right. right. We'll take a break. We've got more to talk about. We'll talk bullpen. This is the Reds' Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Welcome back. This is the Reds' Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. If you've got a question, give us a call, 513-749-7000, or 1-800-THE-BIG-1. Uh, with Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall. Great to be with you. We had a question here at the uh, Holy Grail right before we went to break. Guy came by, wanted to know uh, about the, the bullpen. It, it will be addressed. Yep. Um, I think you got to add another lefty. Now, you've got Amir Garrett. You, you're probably going to have Cody Reed. He's going to be healthy. Had a chance to see him at Reds Fest. Seems like he's feeling well. Uh, he's feeling great. Everything's on track with him. But I think you still need another left-hander out there. And uh, like I said before, it would be nice to have a guy that could maybe give you another option to be a starter if mm-hmm. need be. And, you know, look, uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, their, their names were thrown out there. I was reading a little bit about it today. You know, not a left-hander, but a guy right. like Brandon Kinsler. When yep. healthy, I mean, he's really good. Problem is getting it on the field. And um, so – you know, the, the bullpen thing is such a crapshoot, and there's no better example than we saw from year to year, the first year of the two-year contract, that what you got from Jared Hughes and David Hernandez right. as opposed to the second year. Yeah. So I just think there are a lot of those guys in baseball that, you know, maybe the Reds go out and bring a guy in, and you're looking at his numbers, you're going, geez, why in the world would they bring this guy in? Well, the two years before, he was really good, and he right. probably has a chance to be really good again because there's just no guarantee when that bullpen door opens down there what you're going to get, just look at the difference between Rysel Iglesias coming in as a closer when you had a lead as opposed to Rysel Iglesias coming into a game where you were tied in a game. Yeah. I mean, it's like night and day, right? And, and I think a lot of times you see that with relievers. Michael Lorenzen, no doubt, has established himself as a guy that you can really count on. And uh, we'll see how it plays forward. They, they've still got a lot of work to do, and they know it. They being Dick Williams, Nick Crawl, and that entire baseball operations staff. I think on their wish list is somebody that can compete with Rysel Iglesias to maybe push him a little bit. A guy that could be a closer if need be, but it's so hard to get guys like that because they come at a price. I mean, that those are not cheap acquisitions. I mean, if you get a guy that's capable of closing games, I mean, they are... That, that, you're forking out some serious money to do that. And so you know what, Tommy, I, I, I really don't think, and look, um, you know, we work for the Reds. Right. So, I mean, look, you know, there, there are certain things that you're going to say and there are certain things you're not going to say going into a season because they sign our paychecks. It is what it is, and that's the way it should be. Um, but, you know, the, the whole Iglesias thing last year with talking about using him in this different way and everything, there are certain guys that are cut out for it. There are certain guys that aren't. There still aren't three or four guys in Major League Baseball where if I have a one, a two, or a three-run lead going into the bottom of the ninth inning on the road that I want coming in the game more than Iglesias. And I just think that whole thing, forget about it. You can find a guy who might have closer stuff, but I'm not looking for a guy who's going to try to take Iglesias' job. Sure. He's going to be fine if you just let him do his job. When he starts going outside the box a little bit, that's when things went south. Right. And, and I think that 
I think it's very possible that that might have affected him a little bit in, you know, save situations, no, too. No, because, no doubt I mean, about it. Confidence is a funny thing, especially when you're a closer. So that that's a good point. Uh, it's a valid point that you make. And, and I think Michael Lorenzen is a guy that started to emerge as a, as a possible candidate late in the games. I mean, they're very confident in using him sure. in that role. So you, you kind of have somebody like that internally. I, I don't think we saw enough of Cody Reed, but what we did see of him very briefly last year, it, it was enough to, to get you thinking a little bit, like maybe well, he can be a piece that can possibly be a long man and give you – it, it was just announced a little bit ago, Rob Manfred said that the three-batter minimum is going to happen this year. So that's going to be a new rule. So now you have Amir Garrett who can get right-handers out, which is important. Yep. Cody Reed's a guy with a starter experience. He can get right and left-handers out. So you've got a couple of guys that will be pieces in that bullpen, I think, that can, can serve that role, which is something you're going to have to have moving forward well, this year. Well, you, you use the word confidence. And I don't know if there is a player-slash-pitcher in this entire Reds organization who needs confidence like Cody Reed. I mean, all the tools are there. I know he was hurt this year. All the tools are there, and they have been there for a long time. But there aren't many people in this world that have been able to figure out what goes on between the years. And with Cody Reed, that has kept him from becoming a really, really, really good, not just okay. It's kept him from being a really good major league pitcher, whether it be as a starter or a reliever. And, and, and look, his time's done. I mean, it's now or never for right, him. It is. As far as the Reds are concerned, this is it. You either deliver the goods or you're out the door. Right now, it is the end of the rope for Reed, and is he going to step up and mentally be able to do what they want him to do? We saw the same thing last year with Robert Stevenson. No he question. He stepped up. Maybe it's another situation Great like point. that. Great point. The Reds Holiday Gift Pack is on sale now, starting at only $40. This year's gift pack includes four ticket credits, good toward any combination of games next season, and an exclusive Buddy the Elf bobblehead. Purchase your Reds Holiday Gift Pack today at the Reds kiosk located in Kenwood Town Center or at reds.com slash holiday. Some restrictions apply. We'll wrap things up when we return. This is the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks presented by Budweiser and UDF. Welcome back. We have our final segment of the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks presented by Budweiser and UDF. If you're joining us here at the Holy Grail, come on up. Ask us a question if you've got one for us or... If you're listening today on your radio, give us a call, 749-7000 or 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. Along with Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall. We've got to pass this along. Reds fans now have the opportunity to be a lasting part of this season's 150th anniversary celebration by securing a personalized brick. Each brick is inscribed with a personal message purchased today at reds150bricks.com. Very cool thing going on there, and yep. uh, they're right out there by the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, the Plaza. Here, great crowd at uh, the Grail tonight. I mean, this is a phenomenal turnout. We've got these Marty Brenneman cutouts. I think people were walking by thinking Marty was here, so they came flooding in. I mean, I, you know, all of a sudden <laughs> I was just sitting here and I look over there and all of a sudden double take. I, I know, right? he was standing there, just standing there, <laughs> just standing there, spying. Funny, had the long hair yeah. and the Bobby Goldsboro kind of look, and uh, yeah. Not anymore, yeah, though. Maybe. Now he's the, the vintage one up here with the crew cut. I saw right. him last night. You know, he retires on September the 27th, whatever it was. I did not lay eyes on him. 
for two months. <laughs> I, I mean, he was here and there and everywhere. I'm not a Facebook guy, but understand you could follow where Marty Brenneman is literally every day on Facebook with his wife, right? So all of a sudden he shows up at our son's high school basketball game, and I'm just like, where you been? So I haven't seen him uh, for about another two weeks until he was at the game yesterday, but he's doing good. Yeah. He says he does not miss doing the Reds hot stove league. I'm shocked. And I, and I said, well, you got to come down and do it because everybody misses you, and I think it would be nice to have him down here maybe one right? time, right? Maybe in January, February, I, something see, like that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I I. You know, I, you have to emcee those Q&A things at, the, uh, at Reds Fest yes. from time to time. I got my list and my assignments said uh, MC Q&A with Marty Brenneman. I thought, oh, really? boy, didn't I suffer enough abuse from you that did. guy for you the did. last you did. 162 games? Let's do it for another half. No, it was a lot of fun. He was great as always. We had a blast over there. It was. It was, it was really good to see him at Reds Fest, and I know a lot of people here probably got a chance to visit with him, get an autograph, and, mm-hmm. and see, and I think some people have got some pictures with the Marty cutouts that are here tonight. Um, a couple of things that were just announced, you probably want to put these on your calendar. Uh, the Reds announced that they will be doing a Mike Moustakis bobblehead on Saturday, July 25th. That's a game against the Rockies. Uh, you can get the whole schedule there, Reds promotions, uh, reds.com slash promotions. And also, spring training tickets, individual spring training tickets, are going on sale Saturday, December 14th. And, and it up. starts so early now since Major League Baseball, uh, you know, in, in the most recent CBA, moved the regular season up, which really affected us here in Cincinnati in the Finley Market Parade on Monday and blah, 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 and, and it will again this year. Um, and spring training games are starting the third week of February. It's unreal. Yeah, it uh, really it, is. It, it's pretty crazy how quick, they, uh, how quick they're going to be going. We're going to be out there. Before we know it, out in Goodyear, getting ready for baseball, warming things up, hopefully a little bit out there. Um, I I was scribbling down the the lineup a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. And a lot of it's going to be contingent on Joey Votto. I know David Bell said that he expects Votto to kind of have a resurgence this year. If you can get him back to close to what he used to be, that lineup, even without any other future moves, still is, is... Pretty appealing. With it's very appealing, Tommy, if, if, if guys are healthy. Right. I mean, look, you could say that about every single team. But this is two years in a row now. Jesse Winker, unfortunately, you know, his season is cut short, really short, two years in a row. Senzel, every single year in yep. the minor leagues, for one reason or another, season cut short due to injury. Um, so, and then Vado would just age and so on and so forth. So, you know, look. There are a lot of things to be excited about because I think we all agree Senzel and Winker look like they have a chance to be really good players. But my favorite saying to this day, and I use it all the time, is Bengals color analyst Dave Lapham, the most important part of ability is availability. And so you got to get on the field if you're going to help your team do anything. No question. I think that's a big reason why the Reds are looking to add some depth. Still some more moves to be made. Maybe on next week's show we'll have some more moves to talk about. I I think there is a very real possibility curious to see whether it'll be a starting pitching the reds target maybe it'll be a position player we'll see that's all all the time we have this week for tom brenneman of course our engineer producer dave yitty arm brewster sheriff dave keaton back in the studio i'm tommy thrall thanks for joining us on the reds hot stove league from the banks good night hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 